Welcome to the Anchored Podcast with Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I am so excited that you've tuned in, and it is my prayer that these messages will always help you to remain anchored, regardless of what storm or what season you're navigating. I pray that God would speak to your heart today and that you will never, ever, ever be the same again. Stay connected to Fellowship Chicago. This is Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I pray you stay anchored. Peace, peace. Jeremiah chapter 18. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Come. Go down to the potter's house. And there I will let you hear my words. And so I went down to the potter's house. And there he was working at his wheel. The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the hands of that potter. And so he reworked it into another vessel as seemed good to him. The word of God is already blessed. You may be seated. Some folks would rather have houses or land. Some folks choose silver or gold. They treasure and forget about their souls. I'm decided to make Jesus. Gotta make him my choice. If you know that, go on and help me sing for a minute. Some folks would rather that sounds like the church have houses or land. Come on, help me here if you will. Some folks, what they do? Choose silver, silver and gold. Come on, help me say these things. These And then what they do, they forget.
And the going is tough And the hills are so hard to climb But I saw it a long time ago made a lot of choices in my life, but the best choice I've ever made was falling in love with Jesus. Oh, my, my, my. Do I have a witness in here? Somebody say he's never let me down. He always answers my phone calls. He responds to me when I see him. Come on, son. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We ask you that you will show up in this place and fill me with your precious anointing. Hide my soul behind the cross of Calvary. Let Jesus to Christ and him alone may receive all the glory and the honor. Let those who are saved be strengthened by hearing what you have to say from heaven. And let those who are unsaved cry out, I yield, I yield. What must I do to be covered in the same blood? We ask God that you will let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And may all God's people say, Amen. My brothers and sisters, when thought is given to the first part of our text, one would note, that God is about to send Jeremiah to a dangerous place. He's about to send Jeremiah to the valley. Called Gena in New Testament Greek, this word would eventually become the word used for hell. He's about to send him to the valley. He's about to send him to one of the places of Israel's greatest sins just outside of Jerusalem, turned into a constant smoldering garbage dump by King Josiah. He's about to send him to the valley. He's about to send him to a place where people have given up and hung their hopes on the hooks of despair. He's about to send him to a place where people stopped dreaming because they did not feel they had anything for which to dream. He's about to send him to a place where people did not capture their ideals for they felt they did not have ideals for which to capture. He's about to send them to a place where people did not reach for the stars, for they did not feel that they had any stars to reach for. He's about to send them to a place where violence is out of control. Call it Chicago. He's about to send them to a place where 40% of the children go to sleep with nothing to fill their belly save the hope of another day's journey. Call it Philadelphia. He's about to send him to a place where men and women, in and out of uniform, can hunt, antagonize, even kill black girls and black boys and escape without penalty or prosecution. Call it Sanford, Florida. Call it Minneapolis, Minnesota. Call it Cleveland, Ohio. 
or call it the United States of America. I say again, he's about to send the prophet to a dangerous place. But down in that dangerous place, down in that valley, where hope seemingly has no promise, down in that place, in that dark, crusted place, the Bible says that there's an artist at work. And I thought, my brothers and sisters, on it this morning, that if I'm going to talk about anything, I might as well talk about that artist who's still at work. I would that you repeat the following words to me. After me, there's an artist at work. With a little more joy and fervor, look to your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, I don't know what you're dealing with, but there's an artist at work in your life. Or tell somebody else next to you, there's an artist at work in your life. In, in your unemployment and in your promotion, he's at work. In your connections and your separation, he's at work. In your relapse and in your recovery, he's at work. He's at work on your children. He's at work on your job. He's at work on your family. He's at work on your health. He's at work on your finances. The preacher came to tell you that there's an artist at work. And the imperative is given to the prophet early in the text when God tells him, go down to the potter's house. Go down, Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house. And I wondered why, God, would you tell the prophet to go down to the potter's house? And then it occurred to me that in this life that we live, some lessons are best learned not when you're up, but they are learned best when you are down. Go down to the potter's house, he tells him. Go down to the potter's house. And I wondered, why down? Why down? Because down is where the potter works. And that crusted corner and that quiet corner, down is where the potter works. And the farther down you are, the better he can see you. Yeah. Preacher, how can you dramatize this? I remember driving from Jackson, Georgia, on my way back to Atlanta, and I saw a truck driver next to me, and he did not look like us. And so I got nervous. I didn't know what he was up to. And so he was trying to get my attention, beeping his horn at me, and I kept on driving. And then some miles down the road, uh, my, my tire had busted. <laughs> and so I pulled over to the, uh, to the shoulder, and that truck, trucker pulled behind me, and he said, sir, I just wanted to let you know all of this could have been avoided. I said, what do you mean? He said, miles down the road, I tried to get your attention to tell you that I saw your wheel about to burst. I said, sir, that's, that's rather interesting. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of automobiles, of cars on the highway. How come nobody else sought my attention? How come nobody else tried to warn me about my tire about to burst? And he said, sir, I think that you've answered it already all by yourself. You said that there are hundreds, if not thousands, of other cars on the highway. But see, I drive a truck. That means I sit a little higher, and I can see things that everybody else can't see. I wish I had a witness in here. I wish I had a witness in here. Grab somebody and tell them that the higher he sits, the lower he sees. You understand? Yeah, yeah. So when you are put down, when you are let down, when you are shut down, when you are pulled down, you are exactly at the intersection of God's hand and God's heart. I wish I had a witness in here. Grab somebody and tell them if you're down on your luck, if you are down on your last dime, if you are down in spirit, if you are down in hope, you are at the exact place where the potter does his best work. And so he says, go down, Jeremiah. 
go down to the potter's house. And when Jeremiah gets to the potter house, he notices that the potter is working on clay. And clay is malleable and it's pliable. However, clay can develop a mind of its own. And this is a symbolic representation of God's relationship with his people. This clay is malleable. It's, it's soft enough to be molded, but often it can fall apart. The clay in and of itself isn't perfect. And the Bible says that when he gets there, he's working on this clay, then something happens. It becomes marred in his hands. That means it, it becomes imperfect in his hands. It fell apart in his hands. And I love when the text writer says that even though it became marred and imperfect in his hand, the Bible says that he reworks it into another vessel. And what I found most fascinating about him reworking it, Pastor Lindsay, is that he does not use any additional ingredients. He does not use any additional materials. In fact, when it fell apart the first time, he didn't even throw anything away. Oh, God have mercy. And so the potter knew that he can do a lot with the pieces, with, with the mistakes. He can put them together and do things with them that other folks just couldn't do. And so he reworked what was already there. And what I love so much about God is that unlike people, unlike people, when they see you in pieces, the first thing they want to do is discard you and throw you away. But God says, no, give me the pieces. Give me the pieces and I'll rework and redesign what everybody else thought was a failure. I wish I had a witness in here. Grab somebody by the hand and tell them, I'm so glad he did something with my pieces. Oh, somebody ought to shout on that. I'm so glad he didn't throw me away when he could have thrown me away. He just reworked me. I, I told you I'm not going to be long this morning. But what I like most about this text is that the Bible says it becomes marred in his hands. It becomes imperfect in his hands. It becomes spoiled in his hands. It becomes ugly in his hands. It's broken in his hands. But the good news is, it's still in his hands. <laughs> Grab somebody and tell them, I know that's right. I done made a whole bunch of mistakes, but I'm still in his I done love the wrong people, but I'm still in his hand. I've been in some places I know I shouldn't have been in, but I'm still in his hands. I done made a host of mistakes, but I'm still. I wish I had a shouting church in here. I wish I had somebody who knew what it feels like to not be thrown away, but to be kept in the hollow of his hand. He kept it in his hands. He didn't throw it away. I said he kept it in his hands. And what I love so much about this is that the real shouting part is that the Bible says when he reshapes what was there, what was broken, is that he made it look good to him. The Bible says he refashions it so it appears good to him. God Almighty. And, and that actually goes against the principles of capitalism. 
Because most people, when you make things, you manufacture it for the public. You make it look good so somebody will love it enough to buy it. But the Bible says that Potter don't care about the public opinion of his work. He makes it look good to him. That's why I don't live for your pats on the backs. I don't live for your compliments. I don't live for you to tell me I'm doing a good job. As long as I look good too. Grab somebody and tell them you look good to him. <laughs> you look good to him. I, I don't care what you've done, where you've been, who you've loved, who, he, you look good to him. I love your brother Deacon, but it ain't about you. I love your brother trustee, but it ain't about you either. I love y'all, and I appreciate the amens and the hands in the air, but it ain't about you. This could be the worst sermon I ever preached, but when I walk out this place, I just want to make sure that I look good to him. Preacher, somewhere in the practice of a pot I love is that uh, before they send their work out to market, they have to make sure it's strong enough uh, to endure the constant deans of life. And so the potter, when he's done creating that vessel, when he takes this baseless clay and turns it into something of note, when he takes this baseless clay and turns it into something of value, before he releases it to the market, he has to make sure that it's strong enough to endure some of the dings that life often throws at it. And so what the potter does, Lindsay, is he puts the vessel on an elevated surface and then he drops it a few times. And then he puts it a little higher, Dr. Sharp, and then he drops it a few times. And then he puts it to the highest point that he possibly can. And then he drops it a few times. And the idea is, if it can stay strong enough in my workshop, then I don't care whose hands it lands in when it leaves. It's going to be just as strong as it was. I wish I had a witness in here. Tell somebody, I've been dropped a few times. That's the reason why I don't cry the way I used to cry. That's the reason why I refuse to give up. When you look back over my life, I've been dropped a few times. And, and now I'm stronger, I'm wiser, I'm better. Anybody ever been dropped a few times? He, he, he wants, he, he wants, he wants to have something to work on. Uh, yeah. The, the best part of this is when it showed itself imperfect. Because in this Christian walk, we think that everything is supposed to be upright all the time. No, sometimes things will fall apart. And those who are whole don't need a physician. If everything in your life is together, ain't no need for God in the first place. I said he, ha he wants to have something to work with. Oh, God have mercy. You ever heard of that story about the Leaning Tower of Pisa? You ever heard of that? The Leaning Tower of Pisa is this structure in Italy. When they built it, uh, for some reason over the years, it started leaning. And, and, and from 90 degrees all the way to almost 45 degrees, that, that tower is leaning. And over the years, the engineers came together and said, if we don't fix this, then we can run the risk of running our city bankrupt because of the damage it could cause. And so all the engineers and contractors got together and drew up design plans on how they can straighten out the lean of this tower. 
And you know what happened, Pastor? The mayor and other politicians jumped in and said no. Uh, the business class jumped in and said no. If you straighten up this tower, then you are going to kill our tourism industry. The only thing interesting about our town is this leaning tower. People come from all over the world just to see this tower lean. And it, it turns out that that leaning tower of Pisa is worth more with its lean. Tell somebody, I wish I was perfect. I wish I had it all together. But it turns out I got a little lean to me. And it may not mean much to you, but it means something to him. He's got something to work on. <laughs> Thank you, God, for my lean. Well, I got to leave you here. We've had a mighty good time. But the hour is getting late. And I got a ride across town. But, uh, Dr. Sharp, I'm, I'm reminded of a story about an artist who started painting a portrait one day. And the people in the people in the community told him that this portrait he was painting would never be worth anything. They told him that he should take the canvas and roll it up and discard it because it would never be worth anything. But the artist kept on painting. And some days later, they would walk by that canvas and they would see a very glim image of a woman. They could not make out what she was doing or who she was staring at. They said this, this portrait would never be worth anything. You should just discard it, throw it in the trash. But the artist kept on painting. Every day people would walk by and they would critique him. But the artist kept on painting. And that strange glim portrait of a woman turned out to be the Mona Lisa. All because the artist was determined to keep on painting. Well, that may not get you. But there was a boy born and raised on the south side of Philadelphia. Mama was crack addicted, Papa was crack addicted, raised by his grandmother along with his cousins. And if you had stopped his story there, you would think that his fate would have ended the same way. But the artist kept on painting. And right there in South Philadelphia, on a little street called Montrose Street, God took that little boy and put him up in Morehouse College because the artist kept on painting. Maybe that didn't get you. One Friday night, they put nails in our Savior's hands. And some folks said, if you stopped the story there, then you would have thought he would have died in his condition. Oh, but I'm so glad that the artist kept on painting. Grab somebody's hand and say, neighbor, the artist is still painting. They put nails in his feet, but the artist kept on painting. They put a crown of thorns on his head, but the artist kept on painting. Oh, Lord. They took him and put him in Joseph's barber tomb. But aren't you glad that the artist kept on painting? And somebody said early on Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. Grab somebody's hands and tell them, neighbor, I don't care what your life looks like now. <laughs> the artist is still painting. 
Oh, Lord. Grab somebody by the hands and say, neighbor, I may not drive what I want to drive. I may not have what I want to have. I may not have the degree I want to have. But all that means is that the honest is still painted. Oh, yeah. I need everybody to jump up on their feet like the honest is doing some work in your life. Oh, Lord. Grab somebody and tell them he's still painted. He's still painted. You're sick today, but he's still painted. You broke the day, but he's still painting. Say, yeah! He's still painting. I said, he's still painting. I said, he's still painting. It ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. Come on, give it to him if you know he's still working on you. I said he's still working on you. I said he's still working on you. Oh, God, thank you. The portrait just ain't done yet. We're still in the process. Ain't no need to worry. When the night gonna rain. It'll be all over in the morning. Ain't no need to worry what the night is going to bring. It'll be all over in the morning. Somebody help us. It'll be over in the morning. Oh. Tell somebody it will be. It'll be all over. I don't care what you're going through. You serve a God who's still at work. Do you hear me? He don't turn in the time clock. He works 24 hours a day. He's always at work. He's trying to make you better. He's trying to make you stronger. I don't care what got you down. It's going to be all over in the morning. I still believe that weeping may endure for a night. But joy cometh in the morning. Somebody help me say, I still believe. I still believe. I still believe. It'll be all over in the morning. Come on, help me say, it'll be over in the morning. In the morning, in the morning, morning, it'll be all over in the morning. What a hopeful word to encourage our hearts today. Can you help me thank God for Reverend Anthony Miller? What a gift. Bless you, brother. I mean, represented Philadelphia. You got some Philadelphia right behind you. She's happy you came today. Listen, church, lift your hands to the Lord. Say this with me, God, please keep working on me.
Don't take your hands off of me. Make me what you want me to be. And don't stop until I look good to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody ought to thank God. You're sitting by a work of art. You're sitting by a masterpiece because they are pieces of the master. Listen, the doors of the church are open. Our deacons are coming now to welcome you. As you stand in this moment, as you stand with me in this moment, be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. It's okay if you're marred. It's okay if you've made mistakes. It's okay if you don't have it all together. God says, through Christ, my grace is sufficient. And my mercies can be made new every morning. If you need God to keep working on your life, how about you put your life in his hands today? Literally put your life in the hands of God today and accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life. Or if you need a church home, a place. Because sometimes this sanctuary, if you be honest, it feels like a potter's house. Their church is called the potter's house. Because this is where we are spun around and this is where we're dropped and elevated in the hands of God to become what God wants you to be. If you need to be a part of this fellowship church, this fellowship missionary Baptist church, this potter's house, so that your life can become everything God wants it to be, so the artist can keep working in your life, I want you to come on down front today and shake my hand or... You can email us at infofellowshipchicago.com on the screen. You don't even have to walk the aisle. But I want you to because Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before people, I'll be ashamed of you before my father. And so if God wants to work, come on, come publicly today. Come on, my sister. I love it. Bless you. Come on, join my sister as she stands here today. Come on, join my sister as she stands She's not the only one. She's not the only one. Come on, my brother. Come on. Come on, my brother. I see you. I see you. Anybody else needs to let the potter work some things out? Come out the balcony today. Bless you, my brother. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anybody else? Ain't no need. Come on. Come on. Ain't no need. Ain't no need to worry what the night is going to bring. Oh, it'll be. Come on, I'm waiting on somebody else that may need to come. Come on today. Come on, come to Christ. Come on. Ain't no need to worry what the night is gonna bring. Oh, it'll be all over in the morning. Come on, now say it like you mean it. In the morning. In the I see you coming out the balcony. Come on. Come on, y'all. Help me thank God for me. In the morning. Put your life in his hands. Put your life in his hands. Come on, put your life in his hands. God bless you. In the morning. Bless you. Listen, 
makes no difference how dark the night if you trust in god it'll be all right let me hear you it'll be all over in the morning it might get lonely in the day but if you stick with jesus he'll make it okay yes he will it'll be all over in the morning can i tell you one more can i tell you one more you may get down to your last time but god will step in on time it will it will it will come on in the morning one more time in the morning Bless you, my sister. Bless you, my brother. Bless you. Now stay right here. Stay right here. Stay right here. God bless you. I'm so happy that three people in the room have decided they want their lives to stay in the artist's hand. I promise you, it's a good place to be. And even when folks are ready to throw you away, he'll say, not yet. I got something else. I can reshape that. I can rework that. Bring all that brokenness, bring all that sadness, bring all those mistakes. If any man or woman be in Jesus Christ, he or she is a new creature. All things are passed away and behold, all things become new. Can y'all get loud and celebrate these three that have come today? To God be the glory. Our first touch ministry is right here waiting for you. Would you walk with them? They're going to get some information to you and from you. Y'all help me celebrate them. Thank you, preacher. You blessed us today. Thank you, man of God. Thank you, man. It'll be all over in the morning. Come on, one more time. In the morning. In the You may be seated. Morning. Let me do a quick test. Was anybody blessed by that today? Does pastor soon, you, you pastor? Not yet. Yeah, you're going to soon be pastoring. Yeah, church needs your gift every Sunday. Let me speak it. Does pastor Miller need to come back and visit the ship? That's all right there, man. Bless you. Come back and to... Pastor Devon Lindsay, thank you, my, my other Morehouse brother. We thank God for your presence as well. We pray that the Lord will fill you up to preach for Pastor Javon Moore in just a few moments. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, y'all, it is Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, weekend, and so tomorrow some of you all are off. Amen. Amen. No school tomorrow. No school tomorrow, right? A lot of y'all don't have to work tomorrow, and so make sure that you do something either for others or it's okay to uh, care for yourself if you need to. If you need to sit down somewhere and, and be good to yourself, that's okay, but try to do something for others. Let me tell you something. We can't talk about Dr. King's legacy without talking about the fact that when he came to Chicago in 1966 uh, by invitation of Reverend Jackson, Jesse Jackson, and some others, our founding pastor was one of the few men who welcomed him into a pulpit to speak in the city of Chicago. And so I, I, I said, no, we need to keep that legacy alive. We need people to know that Reverend Clay Evans was a part of the Civil Rights Movement. He had courage. 
he had fortitude. That was a scary time, but he stood with Reverend Jesse Jackson, stood against the mayor of the city and said, come on up here, Dr. King. Y'all forget, Dr. King was a Baptist preacher at the end of the day. He was a Baptist preacher, so Reverend Evans was doing what I just did, low-key. He welcomed a preacher from out of town into the city, and he had his back, and he went against the entire city. And because of that, watch, look at this picture, the steel beams. I, I did the math, Auntie Claudette. I did the math for Reverend Evans to start this church when he was 25 in 1950. That means in 1960, he was 35. So that means in 1966, come on, what was he? 40. One, he's 41 years old with a brand new church trying to build the building we're sitting in right now. And because he invited Dr. King, the mayor shut down all the banks, all of the loan offices. And for seven years until 1973, the building stood because of a decision to stand against racism, stand against prejudice, stand against segregation and discrimination. And the building stood for seven whole years looking just like that. And in that year, 1973, probably 1972, Reverend Jesse Jackson came along and helped us find the funding to build the building we're sitting in right now. I want y'all to turn up and thank God for black excellence, black history. Our history, fellowship history. Reverend Dr. Clay Evans will live on for eternity because he gave so much and he sacrificed so much. Even this weekend, as you remember Dr. King, remember a little preacher on the south side of Chicago who had enough courage to say, hey, things have to be different even if it costs me something. Stop walking around scared and tap into your courage and be what God called you to be. Let the church say amen. Amen. I couldn't leave the service without telling y'all that today. Church is over. Happy Founders Day to the AKAs. Happy Founders Day to the Zetas. Happy Founders Day to the Deltas. Y'all putting on your coats like you're ready to run. Is it that bad? It ain't that bad, is it? I ain't even said major struggles yet. I mean, you that ready to go? The preacher was good today. The worship was good today. Is you done or is you done? Is you through or is you through? Well, let me let y'all go. I didn't mean to hold you long. <laughs> May your struggles keep you near the cross. May your trouble show that you need God. May your battles end the way they should. May your bad days prove that God is good. I pray your whole life keeps on proving that God is good. And it is so in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Philly, come on. Pastor Miller, come on. Shake some hands with me for a minute. Love y'all. Have a great week. You are free to go. Put on your coat and go on home. Bye. See you later. <laughs>
Hey family, I pray you've been blessed by this message that God gave me. I hope you stay connected to Fellowship Chicago through YouTube, Facebook, or our website. Go to fellowshipchicago.com today and make sure that you stay updated on all of the great things that are happening on the ship. Until we meet again, may you be blessed by the power, the peace, and the provisions of God. Peace, peace.